0: Chapter 28
1: I ran. They followed. We left the yurks to face the Helmicrons, who, naturally, were yammering happily about us. Fleeing like quivering cowards before the very flower of Helmicron might! I don't like running away, Rachel growled, but she followed me as we hauled along a slanted feather shaft. It was a long run, But suddenly, we could feel a powerful wind blowing over us. Wind like a hurricane. Axe, are we there? I cried. One moment. Prepare yourselves. Jake, Rachel, everyone. I said. When Axe says jump, leap off the edge of the feather. We're too small to get hurt falling. Besides, we'll have a soft landing. As soon as he... Suddenly... The viscer's monstrous morph was rushing toward us. I changed my mind, he said. I think I'd rather kill you. No! Axe yelled. We jumped, each to the limits of his abilities. My wolf body jumped pretty well. And then I was falling. Falling forever, with a grizzly bear not so far above me. Beyond the bear and the tiger... I saw a shocking sight. The visor had followed us. His octopus-like morph was falling, legs flailing. And behind him, like so many suicidal jumpers, came a dozen or more human controllers. Far above, at the limits of my vision, I saw a lemming rush of Helmicrons. But because Axe was moving slightly, we were all spread out across the sky. Us, then the Yerks, then the Helmicrons. We fell, and fell, and... Poomp! Landed. We landed in rough fur. I tumbled between a pair of hairs, and fell some more. In my wolf morph, I couldn't grab hold with anything but my powerful teeth. So that's just what I did. I clamped my teeth around a stiff, springy hair. Once I saw that Rachel, Jake, and Marco were all safe on the skin floor beneath us, I let go and dropped. I landed on all fours, and instantly I began to demorph. You going to tell us what this is all about? Jake demanded, none too gently. I'm not totally sure, I admitted. But something occurred to me. When the Helmicrons shrank us, they also shrank all the DNA inside us. All the morphs were reduced to that same scale, right? So? Marco asked. Well, it occurred to me that new DNA, newly acquired DNA, might not be shrunk. Jake was already halfway to human. Hey, you're saying that... His thoughts speech ceased as he made the transition out of morph. I was almost fully human, standing crouched beneath a huge hair. Yes, I said. At least, I hope. We should be able to acquire this animal we're on and morph it, full size. I dropped to my knees and pressed my hands against the flesh. But before I could focus, something hideous bounded wildly into the middle of our group. Ah! I screamed and leapt back. Everyone fell back, shocked and horrified, before the armored, inhuman creature. The flea. Because that's what it was. A flea. Didn't look at us with its tiny black, ball-bearing eyes. Its eyes didn't exactly focus and we'd have been of no interest anyway. But even knowing that, the sight of a flea the size of a human was terrifying. They are vile-looking little monsters. I know. I've been one. The flea seemed to consider whether it should do something, decided not to, and fired its spring-loaded legs. It blew up and out of sight with a speed that was almost comical. Let's get big before we run into any more of them. Rachel said, I don't like this forest. Lions and tigers and fleas, oh my. I dropped to my knees again and focused on the animal beneath us. The others did the same. Hey, what are we acquiring? Jake asked. The one animal in the world that is specially designed to see, attack, and destroy creatures like the Helmicrons, I said grimly. And that animal is... Anteater, I said. Chapter 29 Let's give it a try, Jake said. Let's get big. I have morphed many times and many animals, but I don't ever remember such a satisfying feeling. I wanted to be big again. I wanted to get back to a world where fleas and mites were, well, fleas and mites. I was growing swiftly, my human features already melted and distorted, as the viscer burst into view through the fur. He gaped up at us as we grew. Of course, he said. But I couldn't worry about him right then, because I was growing at a shocking, wonderful rate. Up, up through the fur, up till my head was clear of the anteater's back. Up and up till Tobias flying past seemed small. Up and up till a much larger axe in Harrier Morph seemed no bigger than a 747. Up till I could see the others, all rising from the fur, like hot air balloons ascending from a jungle. The anteater gave a sudden shake, having felt us, and we tumbled to the ground. But it was wonderful. When we hit the dirt, it was just dirt. We were getting big again. As you'd expect, the anteater I was becoming had good eyes at least for small details. I could see Axe resting. I could see Tobias on his shoulder. And I could see the Helmocran ship with the blue box still attached, lying in the dirt with Axe's hairier talon wrapped protectively around it. An anteater is a funny-looking animal. From the end of its bushy, feather-duster tail to the tip of its absurdly long, pointed head, it was maybe four or four and a half feet long. It stood as tall as a grown man's knees. Not a huge animal, but wonderfully big to all of us. I looked out through keen anteater eyes, and saw a field of vision half-filled by the furred tube that was its mouth. It seemed to stretch out forever. But even though the giant anteater is comical, it is not helpless. I was resting most of my weight on my hind legs. I balanced on my front knuckles, the better to keep my wickedly curved scythe claws safe and sharp. I felt the anteater instincts bubbling up beneath my own human consciousness. I braced myself for some extreme fight-or-flight reaction. But the anteater was a calm, lethargic sort of creature. Later I found out they have one of the lowest body temperatures of any land mammal. They're known to sleep as much as 15 hours a day. But this was not a stupid animal. I had excellent hearing and an excellent sense of smell. And I could quite clearly see the rushing groups of Helmocrons and human controllers on the ground I was in such control of my more obvious instincts That I didn't even really think about what happened next Flit My tongue shot out an amazing two feet It slapped a gaggle of Helmocrons Bathed them in sticky spit Snagged them with the tiny barbs of the anteater tongue And snapped them back into my mouth Before I knew what I'd done Go Cassie! Marco said I felt something in my mouth something kind of like teeth only not begin to chew No! I yelled freezing my jaw muscles then to my utter astonishment I heard from deep inside my own mouth Surrender now and we may spare you the eternal torment you have earned I shot my tongue back out and with a great effort of will, kept it there, sticking out, lying flat on the dirt. Stuck to my tongue were a couple of dozen homocrons. You know, I really don't want to have to kill you, I said. Surrender and grovel before us! I heard another thought-speak voice, lower and more sinister. Sentimental and a light fool, Mister Three said. He had copied our trick. He had also morphed the anteater. You can't kill a Helmogron. They're a fungible species. Kill one and its mind, if you can call it a mind, is absorbed into another. They never die. Even when they're dead, they're not dead. But when it comes to Flit His tongue shot out and snagged. Not an ant but a very small bird that had been flying by. Ah! Tobias cried. Tobias! Rachel screamed. The viscer stopped his tongue, holding a stuck and helpless Tobias, a millimeter from disappearing into his tubular jaw. Now we shall talk! Visser 3 sneered. Like lightning, Axe leapt. Like lightning, his tail blade came down and stopped, quivering pressed against the viscer's anteater eater throat. No, we shall talk, Axe said. Chapter 30 We worked out a deal. Rachel and Jake lapped up the Helmicrons and held the hostage. It was a relief to know that the Helmicrons were basically unkillable. Well, mostly a relief. In any case, they were stuck. Marco and I demorphed back to our tiny human selves. We did it out of sight of Viscer 3, of course. And then, we boarded the Helmichron ship. We found some of the pathetically easy to intimidate males, and had them help us work the Helmichron shrinking ray. We unshrank Viscer 3 and Tobias, while Axe stood guarding the Viscer, the Helmichron ship, and the blue box, tailblade twitching. We unshrank the human controllers, and gave the Yerks safe passage to leave. They weren't about to argue. After all, we were in control of the shrinking ray. Wizard Three decided maybe the conquest of Earth would work better if he was bigger than a semicolon. When the Yerks were gone, Rachel and Jake scraped the Helmicrons off their tongues and demorphed a human. We unshrinked them. Finally, we set the thing on automatic, and Marco and I ran outside to stand in the beam but not before we had a good, long talk with some
0: of the Helmicron males. You guys need a male's liberation movement, Marco told them. Why should you put up with being treated like second-class Helmicrons?
1: And many of the males agreed. We could crush the females beneath our feet. Long would they wail and bemoan their fate, as we assumed our places as the rightful rulers of all Helmicrons. We would then proceed with our just and righteous plans to conquer all the galaxy. Then all would grovel before us and... Well, you know the rest. About time to head on home, huh? Jake asked me. I nodded. Yeah, as it is, I'm probably grounded. Oh, I hope not. I was, uh... I don't know, I was thinking maybe of heading down to the beach tomorrow. You know, if the weather's nice. Rachel batted her eyes at me and gave me a, I told you so, look. Then, just to be obnoxious, she said, Oh, I don't know, Jake. I don't think Cassie really likes the beach, all that. I love the beach, I said, shooting her a death look. And if I don't get grounded, I'd love to go with you, Jake. Jake blushed waiting for Marco to give him grief. But Marco just shook his head in a parody of sadness.
0: Fine, Cassie. Run back to Jake now that you're all big again. I guess that's the end of our plan to populate the world with a new race of tiny people.
1: The Helmarchon ship powered up and rose toward the night sky. And receding in the distance, we heard the Thoughtspeak voices. All females will now grovel before our tremendous power. You will worship us as your true masters. It is the male Helmicron who shall make all tremble. Never will females be anything but absolute rulers over all males. We shall dominate the entire universe. But we'll start with you. We headed home, leaving the Helmicrons, female and male to work things out sensibly among themselves, knowing with absolute certainty that there was no chance they would.
0: Animorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And here we are at the end of book. What book are we on? 24? Book 24. I keep forgetting. Um We did it. Uh, I mentioned last time this is not my favorite book of the series. Um I just don't think there's I mean, the I think the ending. Let's get into it. I'm gonna get into it right now. You and me, listener, we're going to get into it. Uh, this ending kind of sums up what I didn't like about it, which was that, like, it doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, It simply does not. If Axe has Visitor 3 dead to rights, what, why did we let him go? I understand that Tobias was stuck on his tongue, but you know what can't kill a miniature hawk? A dead anteater. Uh there's just there's simply no reality where Ax doesn't kill visitor 3 at the end of this book that makes any sense. Like I know we had the Rattlesnake book earlier where he couldn't go through with it, but that was also uh that was also when Alaron was not being infested um and was in his andalite form so Ax is looking at, you know, one of his people who's not a yurk but in this case, it is an anteater who is also a yurk. I feel like that's not a hard decision for Axe to make. I don't know. That is a loud car outside. Can you hear that? That's kind of how I felt about this book. Um, but we're done. We're moving on. So, uh, fair is fair. In the meantime, I got a lovely, uh, DM from, um, a woman named Beth on my Twitter. That's at Audiomorphs. Uh, Who wrote in to say Hi, I have just discovered you And I have to say, wow, thank you so much I read and loved all these books In the 90s, and now my kids love them too Playing your audiobooks means that we can, enjoy- we can all enjoy them At the same time, which is just brilliant We are up to book 17 at the moment Again, thank you From a family in Christchurch, New Zealand Very cool, Beth, thank you for writing in Um, Sorry if I cursed Earlier in the series And you're not cool with your kids hearing those I legitimately, uh, until like maybe book 10, didn't think about the fact that maybe kids would be listening to this, despite this obviously being, you know, Animorphs, a children's media property. I just was like, oh, podcasts are an adult thing. Uh, only adults listen to podcasts. Only adults will hear this. No, it's not the case. Um, many people have written in telling, uh, talking about sharing these with their kids, which I think is so cool. And I just apologize for uh, my earlier episodes, maybe. Um, If you'd like to write in like Beth, you can of course do that. You can DM me uh, on at Audiomorphs, that is the Twitter. Uh, that's also where you should check if I'm ever late. I'll be posting a reason why there. But you can also do other things like email me, that's Audiomorphscast at gmail.com. You can also uh, send me an ask on Tumblr, that's Audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And of course, there's a, a contact form on my website, Theapodcalypse.com That's The Apocalypse, like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Also, sorry, I also uh, forgot to mention that uh, Willis, a uh, long-time listener, Willis, the Arth, uh also messaged me, um, said, said he heard that, you know, I was feeling a little burnt out last week, um, that this is my favorite book, so he sent me some pho- photos of his cat, uh, who's very cute, uh, very nice, thank you so much, I enjoyed them a lot, and sorry you guys don't get to see that, that one's just for me. Um... What else? Uh, If you use Apple Podcasts, you leave me a rating or review. Uh, You know. You know the vibes. Um, Otherwise, thank you all for listening. And once again, uh, I think I will be taking next week off to just sort of recalibrate, recharge my batteries, get prepped for this new book. Um, So I will be putting out the Supercut next week. But uh, no, we won't start book 25 until the week after. Thank you so much for understanding and your patience um so i will kind of i won't i'll sort of see you next week um but i won't really see you until the week after that but i'll see you then so until then my name is daniel and i believe one day the andalettes will come until then we fight